one Dave here from Casual Shooters Podcast. Uh, just a couple things real quick. Laser app. Uh, on our website, I've added a new page. If you go to sponsors, you can see links to all of our sponsors. There's a link for Laser app. You can get 15% off with our code. It's on the website, but it's a great dry fire tool. It's a shot timer and recorder. So it'll record your first shot, splits, transitions. It's even diverse enough that you can set up arrays in different rooms so that you can have to move from one to another. It'll record everything. Amazing device. Check it out. Go to our webpage, casualshooterpodcast.com. Also, Hoist. We've got our discount code on the webpage again, same page. But you get 10% off there, and we're talking IV level hydration for those of you shooting major matches this summer. Even your local matches. It will help keep you hydrated. So go check it out. And also Gun Butter. There's a link for Gun Butter. You can get 20% off with our link. Uh, it's excellent lubrication for your pistols. Put a little on your lugs. The grease on the lugs of your rifle, good to go. All right, so go to our webpage, casualshooterpodcast.com. Go to the sponsor page. Links to their website right there, and the codes are on there for you. All right? Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week you have me, Dave, and you have Leo. On a delay. <laughs> All right. This week we also have a guest, a GM in Carry Optics. He's about to shoot Carry Optics Nationals, and he's going to be on the Super Squad. Everybody give a warm round applause for Garen Singleton. Where's my mouse at? There we go. Hey, Garen. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Why don't you take a moment and uh, introduce yourself? All right. My name is Garen Singleton. I'm a USPSA carry optics and production grandmaster. been shooting for almost seven years now in competition. And I'm, uh, I'm just happy to be here and honored to, honored to have this opportunity. Seven years. Okay. That, uh, that will help me when I ask the questions later. Uh, all right. Have you heard any of our uh, past episodes? I have. I've listened to quite a few while I was working out, actually. After you, after you messaged me, I went and did a little research. Okay, good. Awesome. Yeah. I like it. All right. So you know you're about to be you're about to be quizzed. I'm about to be quizzed hard on the important <laughs> questions. <laughs> That's right. The most important questions of your entire life. That's it. <laughs> All right, Leo, you want to take it away? <clears throat> All right. Well, hopefully this isn't a too significant of a delay. But uh, first question that we always ask is what is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. I'm gonna have to say the Patriot. Oh strong okay. pull. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, also, ironic about? given that Mel Gibson is uh, Aussie pretending to be American. <laughs> well, it is acting. Same. It is oh, acting. Yeah. All right, so what's your favorite book? So I'm not really super into reading, but one of my favorite uh, childhood books was the book Inkheart. I don't remember the author. Um, it was yeah, it did like Inkheart, Ink Spell. I think it was another one. It's like the only book from my childhood that I can remember. And... Like, I remember every little, like, little scene, you know, how childhood, you know, imagination just takes over in books. I remember all of it. It was, it was a great book. I, I watched the movie when it first came out, 
It was great. What What's it about? Uh, so it's about this guy who anything he reads comes true. So he can pick up any book and read it, and whatever it is immediately comes true and comes to life. Wow, I would read nothing but winning books on winning. I'd <laughs> yeah, win everything. Somebody, uh, <laughs> without, without giving too much away of the movie or the book, you know, somebody tried to, to kidnap him so he could read, you know, you know, you know, you just got a million dollars and it would immediately come true. It's super cool. Go. Super cool book and movie. All right, cool. I'll check that out. Uh, Cornelia Funke is the author. There we go. Yeah. I looked it up. It was, I didn't know that. Gunny Google I, helped you out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I googled it. Yeah, not gonna lie. Um, I knew it because of the movie, so I didn't realize it was a book. Yeah, the, the the book the book is way better from what I remember, but the movie was was really good too. <laughs> um, well, our next question is as we refer to it, the Huggy Special. So this will be interesting. Um, who is your favorite superhero? Probably gonna have to go with Batman. It seems to be a popular one. It is a pretty popular answer, uh, but it's the same reason. You know, he doesn't have any superpowers. You know, he he decided he wanted to do something, and he got really good at it. Threw a whole lot of money at it. Threw a whole lot of money at it. Money will fix anything. You know what, Garen? This is the one time we always talk about it's not the gear that makes you a good shooter. It's the person. In this it's case, the it's the gear that makes him Batman. That's a fact. 100%. <laughs> He wouldn't be Batman without his belt and his batarang and his freaking plane and his supercopter. Yeah. 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 You know, people, just people, say money can't buy happiness. people say money can't buy happiness, but I can't think of a single issue I can't solve with money. Truth. <laughs> I mean, you you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, sure. as my boss is fond of saying, you are not wrong. Um, all right. So, favorite gun and caliber, and they do not have to be same-same. Like, they don't have to match up. Favorite gun's going to have to be a Winchester 1897 trench gun. Ooh. Growing up, seeing those in movies, watching them, you know, even as an adult, I want one. I'm going to have to add that to my collection at some point. And caliber, probably going to have to go with 9mm, because that's what I've shot a whole lot. Okay. All right. All right. So the last question, we tend to tailor it to the guest. Yeah, you are 22 years old, so you're, you're a young guy. Mm -hmm. What are your life aspirations? Just uh, pretty much just uh, keep, keep doing what I'm doing. Try to, try to grow my, uh, my shooting ability even, even farther. And I'd, I'd really like to be uh uh, you know, one one year maybe be on the uh, world team for the world shoot. Were you were you reading my questions? No, that's one of my qu my questions. <laughs> I, I feel like somebody leaked somebody my questions to you. Questions. <laughs> All right, well that's cool. So I take it then that you would want to be a national champion too. That that is my plan. That's why we're going to nationals this year. Okay. And we'll come back to that. All right. All right. So a couple of things. Um, we, we have found some uh, interesting similarities between certain national champions. 
First question I have is how tall how tall are you? Six, one and a half. Okay, so five thirteen and a half. All right. Yeah. <laughs> did you grow up on a farm? I did. Oh, Check. two for two. Were you homeschooled? I was. Oh, the next big name in national. Ladies and gentlemen, meet our next <laughs> national champion. Here we go. <laughs> Checked all three all boxes. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Hundred percent. Well, you heard it here right. first. This uh, exclusive right. from Casual Shooter Podcast. We are interviewing the next national champion. August twentieth, we'll twenty twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> So when did you first shoot a firearm? Uh, probably I was probably four or five, you know, shooting 22s in the backyard and stuff like that. Okay. So I take it then you've probably hunted? Yeah, I did. Grew up squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting. And then uh, when I got, I think I was 11 or 12 when I first went deer hunting. Okay. What'd you use when you, first time you went deer hunting, what'd you use? A 90, uh, 94 30 mm. with iron sights. Lever action? Yes, sir. It seems like all 30 30s are lever action. So, yeah, I shot, uh, I shot my first deer with that. It was about 85 yards away. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good shot. I was proud of that one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Doe or buck? Uh, eight point buck. Nice. Is it hanging? Mm -hmm. Is the rack hanging up somewhere? Yes, there it is. It's uh, it's one of my one of my favorite things to just look at. You know, getting getting an eight point buck for my first deer was was definitely an adrenaline rush. That's pretty solid. So, at what point? So you said you said in your intro you've been shooting for seven years. So that puts you about fifteen. How did you come about? Mm -hmm shooting uspsa that young so my brother was working down at cmp talladega marksmanship park at the time he was actually running the uh action pistol base and Ooh. i went down there for a weekend he goes hey uh we're gonna shoot this match i'm like yeah, I, don't, I don't know what i'm doing he goes it's fine here's, here's your gear let's let's do it and here i am now i got wow. it the first time so going down to Talladega in three weeks is like, man, I've been here. It's, it's no big deal. I've, I've been, that was the first place I shot a match. So it's, it's like home to me. There you go. Wow. That's like home field advantage right there. That, that, that's it. I, uh, I shot that match in December, so it was December of 2015. So I was, I was barely 16 years old. So it's like six and a half years I've actually been shooting. Uh, okay. My birthday is on Monday. So, I barely knew what I was doing, and I was told like a week in advance that I was going to shoot it. So I spent the entire week looking up rules, watching videos. You know, I, I grew up watching JJ on on Top Shot and and stuff yeah. like that. Man, being able to meet him in person is a is a cool experience, that's for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's like a bigger than life. Yeah, he really is. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Which is ironic because you look down at him. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, we probably weigh about the same. All all that muscle probably weighs just as much as I do. 
I mean, I will say, that's a great brother right there. That's like, hey, you're going to shoot stuff. Enjoy. Yeah. Here's your gun. Here's your ammo. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a cool brother. So, so I take it then you probably started in production? I actually started in limited minor. Limited minor? I've only, okay. So. I've only ever shot two matches in limited minor, and those were my first two. After that, I went to production. So basically, you shot a production gun with something that made it with extended magazine. <laughs> okay, there we go. The the first the first match I shot a Smith and Wesson M and P, the five inch model, and then the second match I shot a four and a quarter inch M and P. The what short are you shooting now. Mm -hmm. So I uh, I after shooting both of them, I decided I liked the four and a quarter inch better, and that's was my first handgun that I bought. And I shot that in production for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're? Do you still shoot that in production? No, I moved up to a CZ Shadow Two. And what? Same thing in carry optics, or same thing in carry optics? Yes. So it's like shooting the same gun. So you don't. There's no no difference. Yeah, exactly. How long did it take you um, from that first match to make GM? To make GM, it took me like I want to say five years. Um, okay. I kind of hit a, I kind of hit a plateau. I made masterclass in six months of shooting. Wow. Okay. And then I, then I kind of, kind of hit a plateau and just kind of stuck. I was, I was trying too hard to make GM and it wasn't working too well. Mm, trying to force so, it. Once, once you stop trying and just shoot the classifiers, it'll happen. So what, what do you, you think, shoot. what do you think was the catalyst for being able to get over that hump? Uh, realizing that, that, you know, being a GM, especially nowadays, doesn't really mean that much. You know, there, there are so many paper GMs now that it doesn't really mean that much. I'm like, I, I don't care anymore. I'm like, I'm just going to shoot the classifiers like any other stage and just, just do it. And I, and I made GM one week before nationals in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bunch oh. of my buddies like, man, you don't need to shoot that classifier. You need to, you need to, 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 to specifically, you know, try to, to mess it up. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to shoot it. And I made GM. Oh, so instead of winning M class at nationals, they thrust you right instead into of winning M class, I didn't win anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but goodness. that's all right. Cause I was still sixth at nationals that year. Wow. Now 2019. Yeah, that was at Frostproof. That was Leo's yep. first time shooting Nationals. There you go. Okay. How did you like? Uh, I didn't win anything either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got something off the prize table. I think I got a, uh, I think I got a CZ P10F off the prize table. Immediately wow. turned around and sold it. But I think that's what uh, I picked out that year. Okay. I got to watch people go to the prize table. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a cool experience, right? Yeah, man, that looks like fun. <laughs> this is good food. <clears throat> so what I'm hearing is USPSA does give away cash prizes. That's what I just heard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so did you go to nationals in 2020 then? I did. I was uh, I was on the production super squad that year. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, the three of us would have seen you shoot then because we sat there and watched the super squad shoot a few stages. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe. Uh, yeah, I had some gun issues, so I didn't. I didn't shoot too well, but I think I was still like fifteenth or something like that by the end of it. Now that's the one Jacob won, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. J- yeah. Jacob's a heck of a shooter, that's for sure. Yeah, he is. Well, he's also tall and like tall and slender. And, and... And... Yep. I'm just tall. I'm not so slender. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you do you plan on shooting production nationals this year? Probably not production nationals. Uh, I'm thinking about limited nationals just for fun. Uh, but production, I kind of burnt myself out on production for shooting it for four and a half years straight. And it's kind of a dead division now. Not many people shoot it. Uh, I wouldn't say that to Jacob. That'll, uh, that'll be interesting. Cause, um, I'm wondering, you know, Nils is shooting carry optics. Obviously uh, I'm trying to, I uh, can't remember if, dang it. I had a picture. Um, I'm trying to think if Jacob is. I don't. I'm, I don't recall where in the world did I put it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Jacob here on the carry optics one, but I'm sure he's going to be there at production. Yeah, my I'm question sure. is, I'm thinking Nils will probably be there too. So, still be quite a bit of heat at production. Yeah, definitely nationals. still be quite a bit of heat at at, at nationals. Now, what would you shoot? Because obviously you're not going to – well, I mean, I won't say that. Maybe you would shoot limited minor. Nils did. So, yeah, Nils did and, and almost pulled it off. Yeah, crazy. Um, all right. Let me go back here. Now I lost my place. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so you might shoot limited. What would Now, what would you be shooting at – if you did decide to do that, what gun would you be shooting? Uh, I'd probably borrow somebody's, you know, specifically built limited gun. Probably my brother's. Uh, he builds limited guns and open guns for a living now, so I'd probably grab his and, and borrow it. Now, does does he have his own company? He builds them himself. He does. Or? Yeah, he uh, he he builds them down out of uh, Alabama. It's competitive Shooting Solutions is his company. Okay, I was about to ask that. We'll give him a shout out. Competitive shooting yeah, he's, solutions. Uh, okay. he's, he's been he's been making a bunch of uh, open guns and limited guns, and he also does regular gunsmithing and stuff like that. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So is he still around the Talladega area then? Yep, right outside. It's uh, it's Anniston, right near Oxford and in that area. Oh okay, all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very close by. Now. So you're you said you turned twenty three on Monday. Yep. Happy birthday. Thank you. But that means you were about you had just turned twenty then the first time you shot nationals, and you were mm-hmm. on the super squad. Yep. So how did you deal with the pressure at that time? Because that's a that's a lot of pressure, and that's young, not having a whole lot of life experience dealing with that kind of stuff so how'd you deal with that man it was uh it definitely was a lot of pressure um you know like i said you're growing up watching jj watching blake mcgez watching all these these top name guys you know seeing him in person it was definitely a definitely a humbling experience for sure but really what what i think sets gms from 
M's or even A classes apart is the mental game, being able to just block that out and shoot your game, which is I've, I've really, I've really grown that skill since then. Uh, that's when I was on the super squad, the first stage we shot had like 25 yard papers to shoot. It was, it was a whole lot of long shots, especially for a production gun. And I was close to the end of the shooting order and every single person had a mic on that stage. And seeing that, I'm like, man, these guys are just human. You know, growing up and even, you know, even now you, you watch them shoot like, man, these, these things are robots. They're not, they're not actually human. They're cyborgs. But watching them all have a mic. And I also had a mic. I think I might have had two mics. Like, it's, they're, they're just human. Anything, anything that they can do you can do too with a little bit of training. So after pretty much after the first stage, I didn't really feel any pressure in that regard. I just felt, you know, pressure, uh, pressure of performing. Okay. Two questions on that. Um, what you said that you have done some things since then to really up your mental game. What mm -hmm. types of things have you done? So, it's really just, you know, dealing, dealing with life and then showing up at a match and being able to, to what some people say, leave it in the parking lot, leave it in the car, de deal with life later, deal with what you got to do now, right here. Um, one of my, one of my best matches to date, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life and I was able to just completely shut all that out. It was the Tennessee match. I want to say of 2020 and I won production beating Tyler Turner and like four or five other GMs. I was just able to, to block everything out. It's not really anything you can really train. It's more just experience on how, on, on dealing with it. And you just get, you just get better and better as time goes on. Okay. Uh, now we're going to have to have Tyler on so he can rebut this, but. <laughs> I'm just playing around, but now that but that brings up part uh, the other part that I wanted to ask. I mean, Tyler's no slouch. Um, he's a mm -hmm. high level GM. So, mm -hmm. did you did you ever early in those earlier days feel like you had to go faster or you had to do something different in order to beat these guys, or were have you always just been able to go? You know what? As long as I stick to my game plan and maintain my focus, I'll be okay. I've uh, I've absolutely pushed the speed to beat people. Um, for a while, and he, I even still struggle with this. I like to go faster than what I need to, and so I end up dropping too many points. But okay, I was able to build that speed so high that dropping four or five extra Charlies didn't really hurt me. Okay, but shooting major matches where Tyler is shooting, you know, a stage with two Charlies in twenty seconds, and then I come in and shoot it in, you know, eighteen seconds with twenty Charlies, it didn't really do, <laughs> didn't really help very well. Yeah, that doesn't balance out very well. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. So I've I've absolutely you know watched people and like man, I got to shoot faster than that. But looking back now. You, you just got to shoot your game. You're you are your only competition at a match. 
it doesn't matter what what JJ does or Tyler does. You just got to shoot what you can shoot. Yeah, I kind of found that out the hard way too. You know, you do that. Uh, you know, Same. like I, I've learned. <laughs> I've learned a lot of things at local matches where. You know, I've made the mistake of, oh, I didn't even think of that stage plan. Let me try that. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, you didn't, you know, it wasn't in your head. You didn't mentally rehearse it. So it is a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, so it's now, I'm at, now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good one. I don't care what they're doing. I'm not doing that. I'm doing <laughs> mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I totally get it. Uh, that's why I was asking, because that's, you know, when you're, when you're competing with somebody or, or a group of people, you know, you were like, what do I need to do to, to make, to keep up with them or surpass them? And that's how you mm -hmm. get yourself in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of training, what does your training look like? And I want to break it down into like after nationals. So let's say mm -hmm. November, starting November one, cause all the nationals will be done by then mm -hmm. until about, we'll say March one, what does your training look like? Typically very little during that time. I typically take a, take an off season. Uh, okay. I think last year after nationals, I didn't touch my belt for like six or seven months. I didn't touch it. I, I completely, completely stopped doing anything competition related just to give myself a, an off season. Cause it got to the point where I'm like, man, this is, this is work. I don't, I don't want it to be work. I want it, I want to be able to enjoy it. And so I, after I took that seven month off season, I'm back to enjoying it. Okay. So and you're not so, and you're not feeling the burnout right now. Exactly. No, I'm I'm 100 percent ready to go. This is okay. this is the in between you know June to to October. That's that's my time. So do you think you're going to do that from now on, like year to year? Just take plenty of time off so you don't feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I might not. I might not take seven months off because it took me a little bit to get back in the rhythm. Uh, you know, burning off the rust, dry fire, and, and local matches. So I might take you know two to three months off. I think that'll be the the about the perfect sweet spot. Okay. But I'll I'll absolutely start taking taking an off season during the winter time. Yeah, I I I do that as well. It went a little bit longer for me, but. Part of the thing too is, you know, with the all the ammo situation, the primer mm -hmm. situation, you know, it kind of forced a little bit more of an off season. But um, I, I kind of like that time off to focus on other things too. You know, kind of yeah. clear you, your head. You get focused on on personal life for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It gives you a different perspective. So you took, we'll say, six months off. So starting about roughly April, maybe the beginning of May, you start back up into training. What what did that look like? Now you're trying to ramp up for normal, you know, locals and maybe some level mm -hmm. two stuff. But what does that start to look like? Uh, dry firing every night for about thirty minutes. That's uh, that's that's my training regimen. I don't live fire almost at all. I think I think in the seven years that I have been shooting, almost seven years, I might have shot seven thousand rounds of dedicated live fire. At most, um, you know, when I started, you know, being sixteen, 
I didn't have the money to go spend, you know, a thousand rounds a week live firing. So I would dry fire probably four hours a day at that point to get better. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'd wake up. I'd do like two hours in the morning, do whatever I needed to do throughout the day, and then two hours in the evening. And so now, wow, now okay. since I'm a, more of an adult and have a job and stuff, I can't really do that. So <laughs> right. uh, life gets in the way. <laughs> life gets in the way of that. <laughs> so I typically do about thirty to forty-five minutes in the evening of dry fire. Okay, you sound a lot like Jay Beal. <laughs> I mean, that's 95% of what he does is dry fire. I mean, he does very little mm -hmm. live fire. Yeah. Everything that you can do in live fire, you can do in dry fire, and it's cheaper. Oh, for sure. It's cheaper. That the, is for the, sure. The only thing you cannot practice in dry fire is recoil control. I was going to say recoil management. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So had, did you notice there being any difference um, if all you're doing, like younger when you were in your teens and all you're doing is dry mm -hmm. fire and then you go to a match, how, how hard was that or difficult was the transition from dry fire to live fire in a match? Like, did you, was it harder to Not be patient? Okay. All right. Now, at what point during this – so what area matches have you shot this year? I've actually only ever shot one area match, and it was uh, Area 6 in 2017, I think. Okay. Have you shot any any other major matches this year other than nationals coming up? Uh, let's see. I shot Alabama sectional. I shot uh, Mississippi, Kentucky. And I'm going to shoot nationals in Tennessee. So do you do anything different for training for um, Alabama sectional, Kentucky, any of those other ones? Uh, typically, I'll look at the matchbook and see, like, what start positions are and, you know, see if there's any weird, like, stronghand weekend shooting or anything like that. And I'll I'll add that into the into the dry fire. You know, if there's a – like, at nationals, there's a bunch of unloaded starts. So I've I've been I've been adding that into into my dry fire at night is you know unload starts and stuff like that. There's also a lot of stronghand weekend and it's a lot of stronghand weekend. It's a lot of Virginia yeah. count at nationals too. Yeah, this is not going to be a fun nationals. <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't look like it no. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I mean, that almost that really does. I want to say level the field and make it a little bit even more competitive because mm -hmm. I mean, maybe Mason might have an advantage because that one year all he could do was shoot stronghand because of his wrist. Yeah. You know, so he might have an advantage because he shot more, <laughs> more one-handed shooting than anybody else. Mm -hmm. no, but yeah. I mean that, that really kind of neutralizes whatever advantages certain shooters may have, you know? Mm -hmm. So have you now that's the next one ramping up for nationals have you expanded your dry fire sessions or are you just specializing it to some of the craziness you know you're going to have to do mm, a little bit of both uh I've started doing a little longer so about you know a month ago and and farther I was doing probably about 15 minutes dry fire 20 just just to get it in 
and now I'm doing 45 minutes to an hour and it's, it's way more specialty, you know, random things that I'm going to have to do at nationals and a lot more, phys- uh, a lot more visual practice as well. So like, you know, oh, making sure okay. I'm seeing everything I need to see during reloads, during transitions, all that. Okay. So you're really focusing in on those finer details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's less gross motor skills and more specific fine details of everything. Okay. Hmm, I like that. Now, do you, do you have a coach or do you train with someone that gives you feedback or do you talk to, the, to your brother about this stuff? How do you, how do you get feedback? Do you just video yourself? Uh, a little bit of both. I don't really, I've, I've actually never taken a class from anybody professionally. Um, oh, okay. I would like to at some point, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll video myself and rewatch it. I'll send it to you know several of my shooting buddies and you know, they'll give me feedback as well. Um, but really I'll just watch videos of like, even, even matches. I think recording matches, even local matches is super important for training purposes. You can go back and watch it and notice exactly what you did. You watch it in slow motion. You can watch it 20 times and really take apart like, man, why did I step like that? Why did I, why did I drop my magazine like that? You can really, you can really nitpick apart a stage and, and start analyzing yourself in, in grave detail. Yeah. Because it, it, what you see when you're shooting the stage sometimes looks completely different when you watch the video later, you're like, absolutely. Right? Like, man, that looks so good. And then you watch the video like, Oh, oh that looks horrible. Yeah, I was like, why did I shoot from back there? That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but during the why stage... Did just, why did I shoot that array in, in that order? That's That was dumb. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so if you had the opportunity, someone came to you and said, Garen, you can train with whatever trainer, shooter you want to in the world. Would you pick someone who shoots similar to you or completely different from you? Hmm. I would, I would probably say similar. Okay. Um, throwing names out, I would probably pick Christian. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you guys is, are you know, very close in age too, so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, arguably he's the best handgun shooter in the world right now. Yeah, you can make that yeah. argument. That is for sure. He, he, is, he is the only person, to, to, to my knowledge, to ever win all area matches and nationals in one year. Uh, the, only, the only person I would arguably say who's better than him is Eric Grafell. That's also a super, super solid option. I want to see them go head-to-head. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I, – I mean, I don't remember when Bob Vogel – Beat him in that head-to-head, uh, 2012, 2009, 2012, summer 2014. Yeah, I, wa- I watched that podcast too. I don't remember the, I don't remember the number. I don't either. But that was quite a while ago, and nobody mm-hmm. has beaten him since. So mm-hmm. it's hard to bet yeah, against I'd, that guy. I'd love, I'd love to meet Eric in person. I would too. Seems like a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. I, I've watched some of his stuff, you know, his training stuff, and he seems like. He's also he's one of those that knows every little thing about shooting and can explain every little thing about it. 
Mm-hmm. That guy is crazy good. Yeah, it's 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 one thing to be able to to shoot. It's another thing to be able to explain why you did something. Yeah, yeah, I would love to take a class from him, and I wouldn't even care one bit about firing around. I would just mm-hmm. want to pick his brain and know everything that he knows about shooting. Mm-hmm. And and the cool thing is that he's still learning every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. It'll be interesting if they have the world shoot and he's there and see how that turns out. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to put you in an odd position real quick. Uh-oh. I'm going to I'm going to have you step into the shoes of the Las Vegas odds makers. You have to okay. extract you have to extract yourself from Nationals. You're not allowed to include yourself. Who do you place the early odds on winning Carry Optics Nationals? I'm going to say I think it's going to be a really close race between JJ and Christian. And I'm, I'm leaning more towards Christian. He's been um, very quiet lately. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Yeah. It's almost like radio silence. He, he hasn't been competing in any mm-hmm. of the area matches or anything. That dude's got to be training hard. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, he shoots a, a carry off this gun like he shoots an open gun. Well, yep. and... The crazy thing is, I know I have this one up. Let me slide this over. All right, let me share a screen with you real quick. Because I found this interesting as well. Whoa. Okay, let's not do that. Let me get rid of that. Wow. There we go. That's better. I don't know what that was about. All right, uh, let's go. So they all three, Max, JJ, and Christian, all shot area six. And they mm-hmm. were all within, what, 3.68% of each other. Mm-hmm. And and that's the first time Christian that I'm aware of has shot carry optics at a major with those other guys. So Yeah. And he hasn't done it since. Because if mm-hmm. I were to scroll back... Down, you can see Max, Max, Nils, Dazi, you know, Max, Tom Castro, Nils. So I am sure that whatever he learned at that match, he has been back training Absolutely. hard. This is going to be, this is why I say this is um, definitely going to be the most heavily, hotly contested. Carry Optics Nationals. You might even say Nationals, period, ever. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd argue uh, Nationals ever. Yeah, this is – I don't even – well, let's go back to something else real quick here. We'll share this screen real quick. Nope. I don't know why it keeps wanting to do that. I'm not I'm not into seizure-like activity, so <laughs> I'm not going to – so Mason, Phil, Nils – JJ, Max, Christian. I don't know if Shannon has won one before or not. I'd have to go back and look. But there are at least six national, past national champions on that list. Mm-hmm. And Mason's in won more than in one squad. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Mason's won more than one. 
Nils has won more than one. Max has won a whole crap ton. JJ's run won a bunch. Christian's won several. I mean, these aren't, you know, one and done type national championship no. shooters. These guys are top of the line world beaters. So mm-hmm. and they're all and they're all coming to one match to shoot against each other. That's to one be match. Nuts. You, know, you know, people people say that, you know, if it's if it's not repetitive, it's it was just luck. And I think they uh they pretty much proved that. Yeah, they have proven that they they have the skills to shoot against anybody, and mm-hmm. I, that's the whole reason I'm shooting on the opposite time frame that you guys are, so I can come down mm-hmm. and watch you guys shoot those <laughs> stages because that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we're starting. A, uh, I think we're starting on zone three this year. I think. Oh, really? I think so. Okay, that's where I started last year. What did you think of Zone mm-hmm. Three last year? I enjoyed it, especially the ammo can stage. I enjoyed the ammo can stage. Yeah, I, I did too. I actually enjoyed it, but I—that's where I started, and I wish I had started on a different zone so I could mm-hmm. at least get a warm-up zone in before I hit that zone. Right, right. Because going straight to that one is like, dang, nab it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was a whole lot of discussion on how to shoot that stage. A couple people wanted to run all the way down and drop the ammo can, and shoot Ooh. back it up. And they're like, "Man, I don't I don't know if I can shoot all this strong hand." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna do it. It'll waste time running down there." And after the draw, I shot I think it was two targets off the draw, and I had two alphas on both of them. I'm like, "Okay, I can do this." yeah i mean i'm i'm no uh i'm not beating that many people you know one-handed shooting in an entire stage but Mm -hmm. that's what i did and it turned out it turned out pretty solid so yeah it turned out turned out to be a good stage i liked it i know that a lot of people complained about it but i enjoyed it now do you know luigi lee i don't think so okay he he typically he's tall lanky guy um usually wears crazy uh, yep, yep. high top socks. Uh, okay, you know what I'm talking Luigi. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a character. Good guy. We shot with him last year on that stage. At the beep, he dropped the can and took off running, shooting targets. Mm. All the way down to the end. I actually recorded it. I'll have to pull it out sometime. I need to I need to post it. But and then he ran all the way down to the end and activated the thing with his foot. And it's like I mean he got there was a procedural. He lost so he lost points for procedures. But his time was way faster than anybody else. Yeah. I have to go back and check and see where he ended up on that stage. But I was like, well, I, I don't have the ability. There's no way that would work for me because yeah, I would I wonder, zero I wonder how many stage. penalties he got. I don't remember. He asked them, you know, before he shot, he's like, how many penalties am I going to accrue? And they said, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. He totaled them. He goes, okay. It's like. Did, did some quick math real quick. He did. I want to say it was like 30 points or something. And he's like, okay. And I guess that's when he's like, all right, I'm just going to drop. Let's do it. We, we didn't know. Like we all had our cameras up. We're like recording. <laughs> and then he dropped it and ran. We're all like, <laughs> it was, it was funny. Was, did you have a, did you have a favorite stage from last year? Not really a favorite. I mean, most of them were, were really solid field courses. You know, I, and, I'm not a huge fan of stand and shoot stages and even like speed shoots where they are, they're activated sequences and stuff like that. You know, I think, I think those are almost as much luck as they are skill, but being able to come up with a stage plan for a field course 
that takes some skill. Okay. Did you have a favorite zone? Like my favorite zone was, I, I think it was zone one. It zone just kind of played good, more to my strength. That was a good one. Okay. Three didn't three didn't play to my strength just because there was a lot of strong hand weekend and, mm -hmm. and some other stuff. Um, so I did okay, but. Yeah, you, that, zone three was just about surviving it. You weren't going to win or lose. You, you weren't going to win the match off of it, but you could absolutely lose it. Yeah, you sure could. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that match. This is going to be an interesting one with all the um, strong hand weekend and unloaded yeah, hopefully starts. They, uh, hopefully they do a little bit about timing this year. Hopefully we don't have to shoot in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, that was nuts. Did, well, did you that know, affect you? I, I almost had to shoot in the dark. It wasn't quite dark yet. Yeah, we um we ended up on – did we end up on the ammo stage? No, we did not. I think the ammo can stage was our next to last one. Mm -hmm. So we we ended up um, on the first stage of zone three. So we had, you know, plenty of space. We were away from the trees. We didn't have a berm or anything. Mm -hmm. So – we still had plenty of light. I think that I think the guy who shot in the dark wasn't he the last, um, the last stage on zone two down in that hole. Yeah, down in that down that dark hole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's where that guy ended up shooting. We had we had one guy get DQ'd there. Mm. That that was our very last stage of the match. Mm. The all the way the, down to with the low fort. Yep. And the uh, the RO was like, oh, or the CRO, I forget if it was a CRO or just one of the ROs was like, oh, you guys haven't lost anybody through DQ? And we're like, nope. And wouldn't you know it, that stage, a guy, mm -hmm. I forget what he was doing, but he ended up putting, he ended up shooting the ground like a foot in front of his foot. You're not supposed to do that. No, no, no. That was close. <laughs> and he was a really good shooter, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was a master class carry optics guy. He was really good. So it was. I think we lost one, uh, one to a DQ. It was uh, Joel Fisher, I think. I think it was his name. Okay, Joel's yeah, yeah, a local guy here. The uh, you know the I think it was zone. It was zone two. You had this rectangle shooting box, and you started in the middle, touching the wall, and you had to run back. Yes, he drew drew and broke the one eighty on that. Barely. I mean, it was like 180.2. Yeah, they were watching that super close because um, when – so that was day three for me. Mm -hmm. And I I ran, and as I ran, I put my hand on the grip of my pistol. Mm -hmm. And I waited till I got there, and I drew, and I heard somebody yell something. But I just thought it was – you know, somebody else watching or right. whatever, you know, somebody walking by, whatever the case mm -hmm. was. So I kept shooting. I almost paused for a second, but I just kept shooting. I'm like, well, I'll just shoot. But I got done. And the guy's like, did you hear anything? I was like, no. And then they're like, well, I yelled, stop. Did that bother you? And I was like, no. He goes, okay. I And apparently what he thought was I was drawing my gun. Mm -hmm. But all I did was put my hand on the grip. Right. So I think I did he, the same thing. I think I just grabbed it and waited till I got in the shooting area. Yeah. So he, they were watching that very close. I don't know what they were told, but apparently they were. Yeah. Watching that I, I think tight. stages like that are, are asking just to DQ people. 
Yeah, I kind of get the feeling too. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you have to retreat off the draw without having to shoot anything, it kind of just looks like you're looking to DQ people. It would have been an. It would have been, I guess, how people classify more of an American USPSA stage. But I do think it would have been exciting to see that same stage with a start outside the box, unloaded mm-hmm. start on the far left side, mm-hmm. and then let people step in the box, load, and go. Because that it would have been interesting to see people like JJ and Max and Nils, mm-hmm. how quickly they could load and just – keep moving to the right and never stop and, and shoot all those targets all the right. way down. Yeah. I mean, even, even if you move that start position from where it was back into the middle of the shooting area or towards the back fault line, that way you have options on which way you want to go with an unloaded yeah. start. I think that'd be a really fun stage. Yeah, that would be. And it would be a fun stage to watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots so, of, lots of shooting on the move and, and gun manipulation. It's, it'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, Joel's another one of those guys. Tall, lanky, fast, mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got a future ahead of him, too. Absolutely. He just has to stop, you know, putting out kids. It's yeah, slowing it's, down. It's, it's kind of <laughs> slow you down a little bit. <laughs> it does. Oh, that's funny. All right. So, obviously, you know who Jay Beal is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the question he waits for every single episode. So... You're at stage one of nationals. So zone three, very first stage of the day. Mm-hmm. And the RO says, make ready. What does that look like for Garen? So typically draw and do a side picture uh, once or twice. Uh, if I didn't like the way the gun presented or something like that, you know, I'll, I'll reholster and do it again. A lock slide to the rear and grab the back magazine or the second back magazine insert slide stop press check make sure that it actually chambered let the hammer down and grab a new mag top it off so i have 24 rounds and i do that on any stage it doesn't matter if i'm shooting five rounds or 32 rounds i always start in the stage with 24 rounds it's, it's just a part of the make ready it just happens yeah absolutely. So, holster it and then i will run through my stage plan once or twice with my eyes open and then with my eyes closed to, you know, and really, really looking at footwork, foot positioning, sight picture, all that. Like, you know, when I close my eyes and look through the stage, I am seeing red dot on each one of my targets, exactly where I need to put that red dot and pull the trigger. After that, I grip the gun and I grip my first magazine. I take a really deep breath, drop my hands down to my sides and go for it. Okay. Yeah, a lot of detail. Now, how not every target is, you know, the normal full-size USPSA target. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you? Because, uh, look, I, I'm assuming, because I'm a B-class. I've got some A-class qualifiers, but I'm not at that level. And my my work schedule changed and all that. So I've actually got less time to shoot mm-hmm. matches and do other stuff. But anyway, one of the things that I start, I realized I had to work on was not all the targets are normal USPSA targets. Now they're taking IPSC targets or turning them sideways. And you don't see that shape target all the time. Mm-hmm. So how did you do anything special in training and dry fire 
so that you could burn into your memory exactly where your site picture will be for each of those different types of targets? Uh, I just started putting my targets in dry fire at weird angles and turning okay. them and turning them at weird angles, putting weird no shoot positionings on them and stuff like that. That's really something that you have to to look at during your walkthroughs. You're like, okay, that target is that target is sideways, and that a, that that no shoot is covering you know three quarters of the no shoot, of the of the a zone. Where do I need to put my dot? Well, it's going to be you know, right on that that a zone c zone line, and you know, if I get two C's, okay, it's better than an alpha no shoot. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I, I found myself, I, I think it was the um, Del Marva sectional this year. It's where Area 8 was held last year. Mm -hmm. But one of the targets was just in a weird position. So during walkthrough, I caught myself walking up to the target and examining it up close and going, okay, that's where I need to be aiming. And then, mm -hmm. you know, doing the rest of my walkthrough. And that's where it kind of dawned on me. I was like, mm, I need to come up with a way that I don't have to plan for that. I should already know where I need to be shooting. Right. So that I don't have to think about it. It's just automatic. Mm-hmm. Well, those are those are the questions I have, Garen. Do you uh, is there anything you want to add, or you any sponsors? Uh, you know, I'm just I'll give a shout out to to my main sponsors. You know, I'm sponsored by Black Bullets you know, International. Super super good bullets, super cheap. They always have them in stock. And uh, Keith Warner Gunsmithing out here in uh, in Germantown, Tennessee, it's been been great to me. And then I already shouted out my brother; he doesn't need two of them. <laughs> oh that's funny well i appreciate you coming on it's been a great conversation absolutely i appreciate you having me Glad yeah to do it again after nationals absolutely and i'm definitely mm. going to come up to you at nationals and, and shake your hand i look forward to meeting you all right i appreciate it garen yes sir thank you until next time don't be a little bitch yeah mm -hmm.